What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Bees. We are here again with another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, where we're going to challenge everything, right? We are looking at all different entrepreneurial models, business strategies, things that you could get into, that you hear all the glitz and the glam. Everybody's talking about how they're making all this money, but they're not giving you the real secrets, the real challenges, right? And that's what we're going to talk about here. So today is a special day. Today, for our second episode, we're joined by my business partner, Mr. Do Driver himself. Thank right. you for having me, man. It's a pleasure being here. I'm barely ever here. You're barely here, right? Yeah. <laughs> you say that because we're coming from the warehouse, and you spend more time in here than I am all the time, right? So what I did with Juan, Do Driver, I partnered up with him to get into the car rental game. Right? A lot of y'all know that I'm doing different things with car rentals, different states and whatnot in Miami. I partnered with my guy right here, and this is one of the models that I tell people about where you don't always have to go buy all of the cars yourself. You can actually partner with people and broker things and host cars for people and all types of stuff. There's a lot of different ways that you can make money in this game, but we're not talking about the making money part. We're going to talk about the challenges. We're going to talk about the trials and tribulations. The stuff nobody tells you about. The stuff nobody tells you about, especially all the course creators and such that's trying to sell you how to, you know, buy their course so that they can teach you how to make money in, in car rentals in Toro, but they're not telling you what you really got to do. You notice all the time when they we sell you this stuff, they're setting on Lambo? Oh, oh, oh rent cars on tour. It's like, you can't rent the Lambo on tour, but they won't tell you that. Let's start right there. <laughs> Let's start right there. What did you just say? You cannot rent. You cannot rent a Lamborghini on tour. Mm. I mean, you could, but it would probably be the worst business decision you could ever make. There we go. Explain, explain. Why okay. do you say that? Toro has a policy that will cover up to a million dollars in any accident. And that's what most people see when they look at it. You know, mm. when they look at it and they, they review it and they do their research. But fine print, they will actually cover a million dollars in general because that will cover like you know, injuries, mm. property damage. The vehicle itself would only be covered $120,000. Now, when you look at Lamborghini prices last year, year before that, you know, 160, 170 for use one, a lot of people said, hey, I'll just buy one of these, 160. I'm okay with getting 120 if it gets totaled, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm only coming out of pocket 40 grand. Hopefully I can rent it out for a year or two before it gets crashed, you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. it never gets crashed, but if it happens, I'm not really out of pocket that much. I can make 40 grand in about two, three months of renting it. The problem is the fine print states They'll cover 120 grand of repairs. If your car is totaled and it's over the market value of 120 grand, mm. they're just going to decline it altogether. Exactly. Because they can't pay you 120 grand and legally take your title, especially when you owe the bank 150. So mm. they're not going to pay partial debt to the bank and then mm. not take the car. There because we when go. insurance pays you for the car in total loss, they want the car. Especially yeah, exactly. when they're totally over some minor bullshit. Stuff yeah. like that. See, and that, that's something that people don't talk about, right? There's a, I know a lot of people who's like, yeah, you know, I got all these Lambos and all of these exotics, and you can just do the same thing on tour. So from experience with mm -hmm. other companies, uh, I mean, everybody preaches about it. Oh, I haven't had any issues. Knock on wood. There's yeah. no wood here. But if there was, knock on wood. But there's always an if and, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. A lot of companies, they have a car here and there. Like, well, if you have 10 Lambos and one gets crashed, you sweep it under the rug, you don't tell anybody because nobody likes to advertise their losses. Exactly. But that's a loss, especially when they did a mistake. So at that point, I know a lot of companies that cars are missing. I'm like, hey, what happened to this? Oh, it was totaled. Oh, did the insurance pay for it? We're working on that. It's been like a year. And it's like, wow, okay. You just sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened. Either they choose to stop paying for the loan or they continue to pay for the loan and take losses. Either way, it's a loss. And it could be easily avoided if they just inform themselves. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so now tell me though, 
a lot of times people are saying, yeah, you can just get your car and then this exotic and then just throw it on tour. You can't even list. You cannot. The, okay, so explain that. So let's say I just bought a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the only way, let's, let's, let's first mention the fact that buying a Lamborghini is not like it's advertised. And most of these mm. Instagram accounts, when I see them promoting, oh, get into the car rental game. They go, oh, you can buy like three, four Lambos, make $100,000 a month, and you're, mm. you're good. You don't need that good credit. Or they tell you, all you need is good credit. I'll teach you how to build your credit. Even with really good credit, let's say 750, 760, you cannot buy a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah. Especially the way they advertise it. Oh, you don't need any money down. 823 yes. credit score, you can buy a Lamborghini. Uh-huh. $50,000 down is the minimum they want from you. Tears. You're, you're financing Tears. a quarter. It's like a house. Nobody gives your house zero down. Exactly. The best you get is 3%. And that's only because the government has no interest in you buying a car. That's a luxury. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to have a quarter million dollar car. Yeah. So you need 50 grand. Now, if your credit's 720, 750 or so, you, you know, either credit repair or credit cards, you're not buying a Lambo. You need to be in tier one. And that's a whole other subject. To talk tiers, about. tiers. There's we, tiers of credit. We'll go into tiers in a second. Yeah, so even if you have amazing history on credit cards, you will not be in the tier one unless you have trade lines that are over 100 grand with mortgages yeah. and other stuff. But if you ha- if you don't have a mortgage and you're young like me and you know, you're just you're trying to get into business and you're focusing mm-hmm. on that and you want to finance a Lamborghini under your you know personal credit, it won't happen. So it's a catch-22. You cannot get into tier one credit unless you've been in tier one credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. They just have it all. You can just buy a Lamborghini. But let's say you found a way to do it. Either a joint venture or somebody co-signed for you or you got into a trade line and you got a Lamborghini. Yep. You can put it on tour now. You're like, <laughs> that. How, do I, how do I make this payment next month now? Yeah. I put all the money I had out of pocket. I spent $50,000. Maybe you got PVP loans for that. Maybe you used your savings. Mm. Maybe somebody lent you the money or somebody put the money. But now you're in a hole. You have an expensive car, which is cool, but next month you have to pay for it, and you have no way of renting. You have two choices. You should have thought about that sooner. Either you set up, you know, like an off tour, like your, your own, like peer to peer, set up an LLC, do your own rental, or you put it on tour. But if you've been doing tour for a while, it's not impossible to put the Lambo on there. If you just started making an account to put your Lamborghini on there, it's not going to happen. Yeah, not they happen. simply won't allow you. It used to be like that in 2017, 2018, and then everybody and Specifically, Miami started putting their cars they couldn't afford on the app, mm-hmm. having their friend rent it, and then throw it into a ditch or crash in the corner, and boom. It gets paid off by the insurance. It doesn't affect their personal insurance. Yeah. Nobody gets affected. The person who crashed it is good because they bought a commercial insurance. Their insurance is fine. Owner's insurance is fine. That's fraud. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, if you just made an account, you are not putting a car that expenses to rent. And even if you put a, an economy car, if it gets crashed and that's one car you have on the account, nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. If you look up reviews on Tiro, they'll say, oh, the insurance doesn't pay. It doesn't if you just made an account and the first trip you get into is an accident. If that's a real accident, man, it sucks for you. That barely ever happens. Yeah. But most times it's because it's fraud. fraud. And they have systems to detect that. So they will not cover you. So, 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 so yeah. that was something that I learned in terms of not being able to put it on there, right? Yes. I learned that right around the time that I met you. And I was like, damn, how did I rent a car from you at the time? Yes. But I have no way of putting an exotic on Turo. So tell people what you did so that you were able to get it listed. So I first ran into an exotic on tour and most, you couldn't list exotics on tour, but you have to have a commercial insurance and you have to have a commercial like a company. So you'll see oftentimes when you find like Vegas, you go to Vegas, you find a land or Miami, you find a Lamborghini listed on tour. When you go to book it, you're not really booking it on tour. It's going to just give you a phone number to call the company. And if you look at the insurance portion, it's going to show it's insured by whatever the company name is. And the Mm -hmm. account is going to be under a company name. Everyone else, every host on Tiro has their first name. Yes. So yes, when it goes from a person's name to a company title, a long you know, sentence, then that's how you know you're renting from a company. And whatever rules and deposit and, and fees, it's not even Tiro's market anymore. Now you're dealing directly with a company. So what those people are doing is just paying Tiro to advertise for yeah, you. It's yeah. not really a rental through Tiro. So Tiro will not cover them. There's no insurance involved there. 
Mm-hmm. So if you don't have your insurance figured out and you set it up like that, you, you're, you know, you're at loss unless you mm-hmm. figured out something with the insurance. So there's, it's still a possibility to put, you know, a car like that under a personal account on Turo, uh, meaning as a person, not a commercial. So and use their insurance. Now, I first ran into this when I was going to I was gonna do a trip, planning on going on vacation to California. I really wanted to drive in the canyon. So I was looking at a uh, GT3 RS, which is, you know, mm-hmm. $200,000 car at the moment. And it was on Turo. And then I go down, I'm like, oh, it's a company. And then I see that it says Liberty Mutual Insured through the account. And it was a person's name. So I'm like, oh, crap. How did this guy do that? So mm-hmm. I couldn't book the car, first of all, because I was 21. And yeah. the car is 35 and over. But he had his phone number in the description, which you're not allowed to do. But he still had it. So I was like, oh, perfect. So I texted the guy. I'm like, hey, I want to book this car. But I'm 21. He's like, that's fine. You just can't do it through Turo. You got to do it with me directly. And I'm like, cool. How did he even put it on Turo? He's like, well, you see, like, I'm a power host. So I simply just asked. And I'm like, what do you mean? Who do you ask? I'm like, well. When you're a power host, which means you've had a thousand trips or X yeah. amount of times, and you have a lot of cars, and you have, it doesn't have to be a thousand. I thought it was before, but I've seen other people get to there sooner. Maybe it's because, you know, Turo wants demand in certain cities, so they allow it to happen sooner. Yeah, yeah. But the agreements and the countries are different. So if you have a thousand trips and you become a power host, not an all star host, because you can be an all star host for like 30 trips, and yeah, sometimes yeah. they're five stars and you have good reviews. Once you reach a thousand trips and you have maybe more than 10, 15 cars, you become a power host. You get assigned a manager. A lot of all-star hosts also get a manager, but it's not the same. They only handle like mundane activities. A manager as a power host will even give you business propositions. Like, oh, I have these people that are hosts and they have nowhere to keep the cars. Do you have storage? Can we do like a broker deal? And that type of stuff will go through to them. I mean, they want to have their hands in everything in every- that involves money. But oftentimes, they'll allow you to bend rules. So he was like, yeah, just talk to the, the power host manager. And I just, I said, I want to put this car. And he was like, yeah, but we only cover up to 120 grand. And he was like, well, that's fine. I, I, cover me 120 grand. The difference is on me. And I was like, okay. So I looked into it. So then I had, obviously I was a power host at the time. So yeah. and the funny thing is that I'm a power host on Turo. I can rent these cars out, but I can't rent any other yeah, car so. for myself. <laughs> so when I travel, I cannot rent a car. So the key is, yes. one, you got to get to the power host. Yes. And you get there with regular cars. You yeah. do not start off with exotic. Really exotic and even if you could, if you find a way to do it, I do not recommend it. Exactly. Because even if you buy courses, even if you listen to people and take mentorship, you will always make your own mistakes. And those are the mistakes you will really learn from, like actually take a lesson from. And you don't want to make those mistakes with a quarter million dollars. Yeah. You want to do that with 15, 20 grand. Something that you can brush off your shoulder working really hard for the year. For most people, a quarter million dollars will cripple them in a year. And and once you become a power host, it doesn't it's not automatic that you could then list it. You then still have to You still have to contact, you have to talk to management. They'll send you like a contract agreement. And then here's the thing that nobody reads because nobody reads contracts. Oh, of course. You post it. Cool. The contract states they'll cover you up to $150,000. That was last year. Now it's one hundred and twenty. And of course, you have a deductible. So that's $3,000. So you really only covered $117,000. Mm. So most mindsets, eh, I bought a Lamborghini last year for $150,000. It covered me one seventeen. dollars I'm at loss for forty. dollars like I said earlier. Yeah. Let's do it. The contract states they'll cover you $117,000 of damages, excluding total losses. So if your car, you know, gets into a minor accident, front bumper gets crashed, twenty thousand dollars to fix, no cover you, no problem. The car's totaled, they will reject the car. Yeah. Now I'm not saying they'll cover you up to one seventeen and then you're on your own. They cannot do that because legally, what if you owe the bank, especially now? These cars are like two hundred and eighty, two sixty. Some of them are three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the dealer. You start financing that, you have at least a quarter million dollars of debt left. Your bank is not going to give them that title for a hundred grand. You still owe a hundred and change. Exactly. So what's going to happen then? They just be like, oh, it's kind of your problem, buddy. You're on your own. See yeah. if your insurance covers it. You go to your insurance, two things are going to happen. Either they'll cover you the first time it happens because they, well, I never suspected you rented the car. You can lie to them and say, oh, I let somebody borrow it. 
I have so many friends that have actual full-grown companies that are around for five, ten years. Knock on wood, they haven't had it happen yet. But they're like, oh, when it happens, I just tell them they borrowed. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, man. Mm. Like, you think they won't catch on? You have first of all, you have a website they can find like this. If your insurance, say, oh, a twenty thousand dollar coverage on the insurance, they'll just cover it. A quarter million dollars, they're ha- they're gonna have detectives on you. They're gonna do their research. Nobody wants to spend that money on it. So, so let's go into insurance a little bit, right? Because that's the next thing, right? So we're really telling y'all that it's important to realize that, yeah, you can make money in this game, right? But it's not as beautiful and simple as some people advertise it to be, right? But then one of the worst things is when it comes to it, when you do have an accident, not yes. you, but the renter, right? Something goes wrong. I know that, I'll tell y'all right now that spring break was like a blessing and a curse because you had yes. the most rentals, but then you have the most accidents as well because, you know, spring breakers don't really give a fuck. <laughs> you know, that's the best way I can say it. So, when it comes to that now, what, how do you approach insurance? First, how do you approach insurance in terms of before the rental happens? Yes. And then if something goes wrong, how do you approach insurance? Two things are going to happen. Mm. It depends where the rental is. If it's not an exotic, I have no problem renting it on Turo because mm-hmm. they will cover any vehicle that's under the market value of $120,000. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. If the car is $100,000 right now on the market, they'll cover all of it. Minus the three grand, but three grand usually doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't mean you probably don't, you didn't buy the car yesterday. And even if you did, you put a down payment. So you won't owe the bank anything. The worst that can happen is you lost your initial, you know, investment, the down payment, but that's business. Mm-hmm. Now, even when it's a total loss with Turtle dealing with them, sometimes it's easy to still keep the car. Then let's say the car is worth $60,000. Normally the insurance will total it if the repairs exceed anything over 30, because it's basically half the price of the car. So they'll just say, yeah. I'll just buy it and I'll, I'll part it out and we'll make our money back. It's better than paying you $30,000 and getting nothing in exchange. Yep. But if you have body shop that you work with, uh, you tell them, hey, I'm a power host. You know, I'm, I'm renting the cars out. I do this for business. So my, the insurance on tour works very different than your insurance would. If you crash your car, you take it to a body shop or you call your insurance and tell them, I crashed my car. Two things will happen. They'll tell you, hey, take it to this body shop that's ours or take it to any body shop you like mm-hmm. and we'll pay them. The insurance will talk directly to the body shop and pay them. You're nowhere in the books. With Turo, they don't care where you take it. You can take it to any body shop. Yeah. They're going to pay you directly. And if you really want to run away to Mexico with the money they pay you, you could. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay the body shop. But obviously, your interest is to repair your vehicle. So at that point, you can pay them less. I, I've had some people that, that what they do is they go to a body shop and get a really high estimate. Mm-hmm. Charge Turo. Turo pays you. And you have an agreement with the body shop. The repairs end up being half of that. And then you split money. So your car gets repaired and you make money on it. It's not really insurance fraud because they, they, they're giving you a discount on the side. Yeah. So it's people, oh, that's insurance fraud. No, it's not. Insurance fraud would be, you know, crashing the car on purpose or yeah. making the damages worse than they are. Exactly. So I forgot where I was going with this. No, but so, but, and getting more into the insurance part, like if, for example, and, you know, obviously I know the yes. answer to these things. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I want you to explain it. Do you offer a third party insurance okay. to a renter? That's what I was talking. So it's foolproof. As long as you know what you're doing and it, you know, you verify the insurance. If it's true, I don't worry about it at all. Mm-hmm. Because I've had three, four accidents by now. Total losses, I've been covered every time. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an exotic. And I'll get to that later. You just yeah, you yeah. don't do it. That's yeah, the best yeah, way to avoid it happening. Just don't. And I don't mean don't rent it. There's, there's a way around it. Yeah. Now, if I choose to do this rental outside of the platform, maybe because they can't rent on Turo because they walked in. And I obviously, you make more money off of Turo because there's less fees involved, etc. Because the thing with Turo is if you miss your car for three, $400, the person renting it is not paying three, $400. They're yeah. paying maybe double that. Yeah. Because fees, you know, Turo puts fees on you, but they also put even higher fees on them that you don't even know about unless you talk in person. So renting it directly, you can charge more than what you would get to Turo and they're paying less. So it's a win-win for both parties. Yep. So when you do it like that, how do you set up insurance? You, you just don't. 
you, you can't set up insurance for somebody. Mm-hmm. So if I'm renting you a vehicle, and I am assuming you are a responsible adult, at some point in your life you had a vehicle or you have insurance of your own. Mm-hmm. I assume that. You're not 18 years old. You don't rent to these people. You know, if you're 25, 30, whatever age, you have a vehicle because most adults still in the U.S. Yeah. You're not in another world country. And even if you don't, you still carry insurance because if you ever drive a car, without owning a car, you can still have insurance coverage that covers yeah. whatever vehicle you drive and yourself, mm-hmm. not just your bodily injury. You can actually have a full coverage without owning a vehicle. And it's mm-hmm. actually a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's like 40 bucks a month. You can drive True. any car. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But you can't be an owner. You can't have a registered vehicle. Too. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. New Yorkers, some people, you know, they don't really have a need for cars. But when they travel, they drive cars a lot and they rent them. So they already have these insurances. So you make sure you that cannot, they have. Yeah, you cannot yeah. set up any or help somebody with insurance. Yeah. A lot of people have told me, oh, there's nothing to worry about, you know. I'll just go get insurance. I'll buy them insurance. Or I'll set up the insurance. I'll tell them to upgrade their insurance. I'll tell them to buy insurance. That yeah. doesn't work. Especially with exotics. Especially with exotics. Exactly. So it's possible that if you do a rental on an economy vehicle, you can have the person purchase a third-party insurance. Mm-hmm. And they might want to cover, you know, a $14,000 Corolla. But nowadays, COVID prices have Corollas at like 25. Mm-hmm. So even then, you could be covered. But who is to say they really will? Because yeah. that's a third-party insurance. But now, the thing is, those third-party insurances have a lot of clauses in them. Yeah. For one thing, they don't cover luxury vehicles. Yeah, and yeah, for sure, yeah. exotics, they won't. But when an insurance labels a vehicle exotic, it's not our term of exotic. We think, you know, Lamborghinis, even Mercedes-Benz, they'll caption it as exotic. Exactly. Even a car that's like 70 grand, a BMW i8, a Corvette. A Corvette is an American car, but they'll still call it an exotic, exotic, exotic yeah. sports car. High performance. High performance also gets uh, voided by insurance. Other people are renting out SRTs. SRTs mm-hmm. do not get covered by third-party insurances because it falls under their high-performance sports car. Whatever has more than 350 That's right. There was a yes. It was a huge like case yes. related to that. I forget what it was, but something where somebody had an SRT or... I don't remember. It was something like that. Yeah. And it was, and they because of the horsepower, they were not getting covered. Because of the horsepower. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's classes. So people have to be informed with this. So yeah. I don't even mess with third-party. First of all, we don't have economy cars. The other thing, too, I think you told me this a long time ago, and I was like, yo, it makes perfect sense. If somebody, if you give somebody third-party insurance, they're like, okay, well, yeah, insurance yeah, exactly. will come <laughs> mindset, So, like I said, I assume you're responsible. No, and uh-huh. if you don't have insurance of your own, you're proving to me that you're not. Because yeah, you, you can't can. be a grown-ass person and not have, <laughs> I mean, if you don't have a car on this time, but you would still have some type of insurance. Yeah, that shows yeah. that you are responsible and you want to be covered for your actions. Mm-hmm. If you have no insurance as a grown adult, then you don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So I don't have insurance that say I've been living in my mom's basement. You know, I don't have a car. I don't give a shit. I have my girlfriend work, you know, maintain me <laughs> and I go and rent your car. If I'm paying you $100 a day for third party insurance, my mindset is shit. I don't have insurance. If I crash this car, my insurance will not go up. I paid a hundred bucks. I'm going to use, <laughs> I pay for the insurance. I'm going to use, use the insurance. <laughs> yeah. So you drive like shit. You don't, most people don't even give a shit about their, like they think yeah. they're invincible. Oh, I'll crash the car. I'll be fine. The car's fucked up. Not my car. Yeah, I'll just fly yeah. back. I pay for insurance. Yeah. That's what you want to avoid. More often than not, when they walk in and go, oh, I don't have insurance, but I'll pay for the insurance. No, it, it can't work that but way. But if they have their insurance, that insurance follows them. So you don't have to help people with yeah. providing them insurance or selling them insurance. I don't recommend doing that. Some yeah. people do until they realize that it's a bad idea because A, they'll have an accident because of what I said. People don't care mm-hmm. and they'll be reckless with the car. Or two, accidents do really happen, but then you're not covered. Mm-hmm. So you're back to the start. So the only way you rent to somebody outside of commercial insurance policy like Turo Mm-hmm. And something, you know, that's major. And especially with exotics. If you're renting an exotic, if you're driving a quarter million dollar car for sure, you have to have your own insurance. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing that you could afford to rent, and pay thousands of dollars per day, but you can't have a yeah, car for yourself? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're from another country, I understand that. And there's mm-hmm. other ways to go around that too. 
Then you have Amex cards that cover you for car rentals yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. they don't have to have an insurance because if they pay with a credit card, they're insured. But let's say it's a cash rental or they're paying you to sell or whatever method they want to use. If they don't already have an insurance, there's nothing you can do. A lot of people will tell you, oh, just make them get an insurance. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Fine. You sit down, you have time to waste that day and you have somebody call Geico and get a policy without a, like, oh, I don't have a vehicle back home. That's the only excuse for not having an insurance because like, mm-hmm. why don't you have insurance? If you have a vehicle and you don't have insurance, you're a menace to society. <laughs> By default, I don't want to rent you. Yeah. But if you tell me, oh, I'm from New York, I don't have a car, so that's why I don't have insurance, cool. You can still have, like I said earlier, if you're responsible, a no, non-owner insurance. $40 a month, you cover with everything. It covers yeah. a quarter million dollars, half a million dollars, whatever you want to put in your pocket. But again, you can't do that immediately yes. and go rent. So the thing with that is, I can't sit down with you. I mean, I could, obviously. Yeah. And we go through the hoops. Everybody does that. Oh, you get insurance. I get the confirmation. I get your policy number. Cool, I'm covered. Here's my car. If you crash that car that day, Oh, I would just call your insurance. And actually, sir, the insurance is still in an underwriting period. It's not active until 30 days past. 30 days, yep. So you'll be like, I never heard of that. The thing is, every insurance policy you buy for a vehicle is in an underwriting period for 30 days. Why don't you hear about this more often? Because when you buy a car from a dealership and you put your insurance on it before they let you drive away, because they do, sometimes Mm -hmm. they even tell you, oh, you can put the insurance on it on the week or whatever. The reason they do that is because the dealer selling the insurance has their own insurance on the vehicle. That is already active. It has been active for months mm-hmm. or however long the vehicle sat there. So the second you drive the car, even if you bought insurance that day, you get into an accident. Your insurance will not cover that. The dealer, but the dealer's insurance will. Yep. Now this is a problem when you're buying a car from a person, mm-hmm. you know, from the street. You think, oh, like when I bought my my car, it's covered. The day you grab that car, you're not really covered until 30 days pass from the underwriting period, mm-hmm. with the only exception of adding a vehicle that you just bought. To your existing, to your existing policy. policy. You can't create a new policy for a vehicle and expect mm-hmm. it to be in effect. Yeah. Because it would be easy to fraud. Why don't I just buy an insurance today and crash it tomorrow and then get paid out? Yeah. It wouldn't make sense. I haven't even made the first payment yet if I bought the insurance. Yeah. I have this yeah. kind of payment for next month. All right, listen, listen, listen. There's, there's so much that we could talk about when it comes to this. I mean, yeah. for the fact that insurance is something that's overlooked, yeah. the fact that everybody says go get a, 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 an exotic yeah. and it's not that easy. Insurance is so bad. That even people that have been doing it for years, mm. I talk to them and they have a misconception how it's going to go down because they don't have the experience and that's good because mm-hmm. you don't want to have the bad experience of exotic getting told. Oh, it's not common. Yeah. But when you do, you don't want to be that victim that sweeps it under the rug and just pretends it never happened. Like yeah. I said, nobody advertises their losses. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So before we start to wrap this up, I want you to give a quick gem to the audience, right? Let's talk, tell, tell people, if now that they know, yeah. <laughs> they know the truth. If you still are trying to get an exotic, and if you actually qualify for it because you're, you've gone through the tiers, the different tiers of loans before, which bank would you say that you would recommend people to, or financial institution, whether it's a bank, credit union, whatever, that you would recommend people to finance an exotic? Yeah. What I would say, what I've done from experience, and uh-huh. it's the best option to go with the actual automaker loan. Like yeah, the actual bank. There we go. So if you want to buy a Lamborghini, you finance with Lamborghini. Yeah, Lamborghini. And the reason being is, they will actually, you know, they often give you options of instead of 72 months, they'll give you 120 months. Mm. They also will be willing to sell you, you know, warranty extensions for the yeah. car, which another bank has. They don't care. Like if the car breaks, it's your problem. But Lamborghini is Lamborghini. They're going to make their money back. They're the ones that are going to be selling you what they know would cost. And most times Lamborghinis don't really have issues. Mm. So Huracans, for example, they're, you know, everyone knows that's like the most bulletproof car. Yeah. It's one example. Any, any bank does. You're buying a McLaren. Yeah, you go with McLaren Finance and they also do the thing, but you know, that's, that's difficult. Now you would have to go through Ally, which is like one big, you know, union that does uh, loans for exotics. 
There's not many people out there that are willing to lend more than a quarter million dollars for Exonix. So you have a small list. Yeah. A lot of them are credit unions, and you know, they might not. It might be a good option. It might be your last resort. I always say the first thing to do is try to go with the automaker. So I'll add to that. And there's a reason why I'm saying that. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, no, go ahead, go because ahead. oftentimes the automaker will tell you, since you're financing with us in six months, you can come and get any other car with no down payment. That's something very different. Lamborghini does that a lot. So let's say I want to buy this Huracan. I finance it with a credit union. It's a regular loan. I can't go and ask for another loan in six months. Yeah. And be like, hey, you still owe this one. If yeah. I do it with Lamborghini, though, I'm showing them that I can pay them X amount of months, six months pass. They're willing to not only give me a second car, which most people, the reason why they do it is because they have like a sports car and an SUV. You know, yeah. like yeah. business people are different. You want to rent cars. You want the most, the many, however many more cars you have, the better. Because yeah. more cars yeah. is more money. So your mindset is, I want to get more cars. I want to finance more cars. Yeah. So that would be the best options. You come back in six months, not only will they give you another loan, they won't ask you for down payment because they already did for the first one. And like I said, exotics require an equity loan most yeah. of the time. So I'll add to it. And that's the perfect reasoning as to why you go to, through the, the actual company that you're trying to get the car from, right? Their financial institution. Now, I'll go in potentially with an approval already from like credit union. Yes. And the only reason is because I'm using it as leverage for yes. the negotiation. Right. But at my you still want to pursue a better exactly, deal. Because yeah. oftentimes, even like Lamborghini, you have an amazing credit score. Uh, eight, whatever. Even if it's 780, it's still considered great. But yeah, if it's yeah. eight something, very heavy score, they'll tell you, cool, we'll finance this Lamborghini. Six percent interest. And it's uh-huh. like, I mean, it's kind of subpar. I have amazing credit. It's like, yeah, but it's the first time you get a loan this big or it's the first exotic you get with us. And like, yeah, my credit union gave me four right, percent. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, then go with your credit union. I'm like, okay, I will. They'll call you back within, you know, a few hours. Actually, we were able to do better. 3.9 or 3 <laughs> or 2 even, depending on how much you're willing to push them. All right. You see? Exactly. Exactly. So you got to know these little tricks of the trade. You got to know the game. And it's not going to happen just by you buying a quick car. Yeah, I know it's usually a dream car when it's you know, exotic, uh, but you can never buy based on emotion. It's always a slow process. Nothing yep. ever gets done the same day. Yep, if yep, it yep. gets done the same day, it was a bad deal. Yep. Because every time, nine out of ten times, the dealer will give you a bad offer, hoping mm. that you take it, expecting you not to take it. Mm. Because they usually have, like even Lamborghini, when the Lamborghini bank finances, they give you high interest because they'll split the interest with the actual dealer of course. that's selling you the that's car. That's how they make them. Exactly. You know now, the thing is, you can't get to Lamborghini financing through a third-party dealership. You'd have to get it at a Lamborghini dealer. So it's, it's kind of a little complex. So what's, give one other resource besides the, the actual institutions that you're, you know, financial institutions yes. of where you're buying it from. Give a resource of a credit union that's, that's your, your favorite, one that you're willing to give out. I personally use American Airlines Credit Union, but most of these credit unions, the ones that are the best, the ones that are really good, are private. Yep. So not everybody can be a member. For example, American Airlines, you could only be a member if, one, you hold a big amount of stock in American Airlines, mm. or if you're an employee of American Airlines. Mm. But I'm not an employee of American Airlines, but I was. I worked there after I graduated high school, so I, I was able to get into there. True. And even if you leave them the day after you make the account, it stays open for life unless you close it. Oh, nice, nice. So the, the good thing about American Airlines, that credit union, and, oh, and if you're a family member of somebody who works at American Airlines, you know, mm. like mother, son, it can't be like, oh, my nephew's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't be like that. Or you live in the same address. The really good thing is they actually pay you 3% interest. Nobody does that. No banks do that. Really? Monthly. Yeah. Also. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well. And the really cool part is whatever amount of money you have in your savings account, yeah. they equate it into their stock. So if you have $100,000 uh, and their stock goes up, they pay you monthly uh, an incentive. Uh, they give you dividends, dividends, even if you don't have the money in their stock. 
Oh, but wow. it's in the savings account. So they'll give you the 3% plus dividend. And it's like, nobody does that. No, that's really cool. Listen, not only are you getting the, the car rental gems, but you're getting the actual credit union. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you to go work for another airline <laughs> throwing bags, open an account and quit yeah, the next day. I don't know. <laughs> but it's an option to you. <laughs> it's an option. <laughs> All right, well, bro, listen, man, it's, it's great having you on here. Thanks for coming to visit the warehouse. Yeah, man, it's a really nice party out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's sleeping here, you know. Sometimes. <laughs> but um, thank you for coming and sharing this information. Like I told y'all, you got to partner with the right people, right? And me and Juan got a lot of different things that we're trying to get done. We got something really good that's coming for all of you people in the car rental industry as well. But we'll save that for another time. But just know, you got some of the actual inside tips tonight, today, on the car rental game. Now, what are you going to do with it, right? Remember, all of these obstacles, it's not so that you don't get into the business. It's just so that you know the truth of what the business, what you, what you should expect in the business, right? As an entrepreneur, there's going to be a lot of obstacles. We don't let it stop us. We just know we, we got to figure a way around things, right? All right? See, that's the thing. I've, I've, ta- I've talked to other people to help them, give them advice, and they're like, man, I don't, you don't want me to get into the business. Well, if you think that by me telling you all this, I'm trying to get, get you, you to not be in the business, then, then you, you shouldn't be in it to begin with. <laughs> because you should be appreciative that you know, yeah. I'm giving you real information. Because yeah. I can convince you to get in. Oh, you're going to make like 100000 a month easily. Oh, you're going to have five Lambos. And when they're not rented, you can drive them. Like, uh, just yeah. tell them the same thing. Oh, just get a Urus. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's a SUV. You know, yeah. they're not going to crash it that often. 30000 a month. Yeah, easily. Yeah, possible, but here's the thing. Now, there's always, it's not, they don't have to lie to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people on social media when they're selling courses, they don't necessarily lie. They just say half truth. So, mm-hmm. you could get Lamborghinis for free to rent by finding a person that owns a Lamborghini and say, hey, let's rent it out, do the work, and then we split it. That's a joint venture. That's true. Yeah. You're not putting money down because they have the vehicle. Maybe they bought it for that or they already had it and they couldn't pay for it, whatever reason it is. Exactly. Yes, it's a free Lamborghini. You don't have to pay for it. It does make you money. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that would be a business vehicle. I don't think the owner of that Lamborghini would be fine with you driving it around in South Beach, you know, or anywhere you want when it's not rented. Mm-hmm. It's not the same liberty as having your own car. Yep. When yep. my car's not rented, I can drive it to, I don't know. Where we I'm going on a road trip around the US. I can do that too many road trips, bro. Yeah. But you can't do that with somebody else's car. Yeah. At least if you have decency, you yeah. shouldn't be doing that. And most times they want a tracker on it, so you can't even yeah. lie to them, which yeah. I do not recommend doing dirty business like that either. All right, so that would be part two. So I wouldn't tell you, we can do it whatever. I don't know. We got to wrap it up, but that would be part two. We're going to get into the truth about trackers yes. and the truth about actually the day-to-day operations. We, we didn't even get into that today, right? Yeah, the day-to-day did. operations of running these types of businesses. But this is just the second episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, hosted by your guy, Bees. I got my guest, Dude Driver himself, and we are going to wrap it up today, but I'll see you on the next episode. Let's go. <laughs>